of doom that many characters experience and how it leads to bizarre and painful situations and, for some, a kind of redemption. And if these hurdles weren't enough to deter the new reader, the postmodern aspect of the book can leave many people confused or displeased. Postmodernism in literature is a movement that attempts to deconstruct how the narrative itself functions. This shows up throughout Gravity's Rainbow as Pynchon intrudes his voice into the text, parodies his own efforts, and questions the reliability of any perspective. Since many of the characters are intoxicated in the book, as Pynchon supposedly was during much of the book's writing, this also works its way into the storytelling. Everything is questionable. A sense of paranoia pervades the landscape, and there are no easy answers about who or what to believe. With these warnings in mind, we are ready to start unraveling Gravity's Rainbow. Think of it as climbing the Mount Everest of novels. It's a very steep and thorny path to the top, but once we arrive, I promise you, the view will be amazing. This is a book that gets better with every reading and every detail you add to your understanding. You may use this guide before or after reading Gravity's Rainbow. I encourage you to use it beforehand. Although it gives away all major plot details, it will save you from hours of frustration and confusion. Let's begin by looking at the book's author, Thomas Pynchon. Author Thomas Pynchon is a notoriously private author. The details of his life are limited, particularly his later years. However, certain facts are on record and should be considered when approaching his works. Born Thomas Ruggles Pynchon Jr. on May 8, 1937, Pynchon's family previously had another author in its history. This was William Pynchon, 1590-1662, an early colonist who published a religious text, The Meritorious Price of Our Redemption, which caused controversy and became the New World's first banned book. Thomas Pynchon was born and raised on Long Island, New York. He graduated high school at 16 with high achievements, going on to Cornell University to study engineering physics. He dropped out of school to serve two years in the U.S. Navy, returning to Cornell to receive a degree in English. His interest in storytelling was present as early as high school, and one of his stranger collaborations in college was a science fiction musical that depicts the computer corporation IBM ruling the world. With his engineering knowledge and literary background, Pynchon worked in Seattle as a technical writer for Boeing in the early 1960s. He began work on his first novel at this time, V. Published in 1963, V contains themes Pynchon would employ throughout his career, including how technology and organizations affect our humanity. The book was well-received and remains a remarkable achievement for a man in his mid-twenties. Following V, we know less and less about Pynchon's personal life. We know he lived in Manhattan Beach, California for much of the 1960s and that he was working on several books at once. The next work to make an appearance was The Crying of Lot 49 in 1966. It is a short novel of conspiracy and paranoia and one of Pynchon's more accessible books. Aside from short essays and minor material, Pynchon did not publish again until 1973 with Gravity's Rainbow. It won the National Book Award and secured Pynchon's place as a significant author, but with a sense of reservation. 
The book's difficulty and more explicit sections frustrated some readers and prevented the book from receiving a Pulitzer Prize. Pynchon's next two books were greeted less enthusiastically. Slow Learner, a collection of early stories, and Vineland, a novel, seemed to lack the epic scale that Pynchon had previously displayed. However, with the 1997 publication of Mason and Dixon, he showed that he could still create a work on the scale of Gravity's Rainbow, and some critics think Mason and Dixon is his best work. As if that wasn't enough, Pynchon followed this book with Against the Day in 2006. His longest work to date at around 1,100 pages, I consider it the third of Pynchon's great monsters and one of the greatest books ever written. Pynchon's two most recent books are a little more lightweight. Inherent Vice, 2009, is almost written as a mainstream novel, as though Pynchon was aware of his own difficulties and set out to write a bestseller.